Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Spotify makes Joe Rogan exclusive and cloud supercomputers and embedded AI are among the announcements at Microsoft Build. Plus, we talk with the creator of Podcast Addict about why it got pulled down from the Play Store. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, May 19th, 2020 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the land of the almost eternal sun, I'm Patrick Beja. And uh, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, in a few couple of minutes here, we're going to be talking to Xavier Guillemene, creator of Podcast Addict. Thank you for being with us, Xavier. Hi, Tom. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, if you want a little more of our conversation uh, with Xavier, then, of course, uh, you got to get Good Day Internet. We were just talking to him a little bit about what's been going on. Become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Disney's chairman of its direct-to-consumer and international division, Kevin Mayer, is leaving Disney to become CEO of TikTok and also chief operating officer of ByteDance, which is TikTok's parent company. Mayer oversaw the division that includes Disney+. OnePlus has removed the Photochrome filter for Chinese versions of its phone's camera app. It will push an update to the rest of the world to remove functionality of the filter that had the unintended effect of letting it see through plastic or thin clothing. Photochrome seemed to use infrared light to apply an effect meant for pictures of plants. But people were not using it just for plants. Uh, Samsung has unveiled the Isocell GN1, a 1 in 1.3 inch 50 megapixel sensor with 1.2 micron pixels to help cameras perform better in low light. Also has dual pixel autofocus, which Samsung says gives it DSLR level autofocus speeds. We'll see about that. The Isocell GN1 also uses Samsung's Tetracell that merges four pixels into one. A little pixel binning going on there. Production is set to start on the Isocell GN1 later this month. Facebook announced the launch of Shops that lets businesses set up free storefronts on Facebook and also Instagram. Third-party services like Shopify, BigCommerce, and Woo will power the shops, and Facebook will make its money offering advertising and payment and other services to the shops. Shops will appear on Facebook pages, Instagram profiles, and in stories or ads. Shops is available now on Facebook in the U.S. and coming to U.S. Instagram this summer. Very smart. 
Google today launched Chrome 83 for Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, and iOS. Uh, Chrome 83 adds redesigned safety and privacy settings and blocks third-party cookies in incognito mode, among other updates. A new puzzle icon in the toolbar lets you control what data your extensions can access. A safety check can now tell you if the passwords you use appear in public compromised password lists. And Chrome 83 will also use DNS over HTTPS if your ISP supports it. EasyJet informed the UK's Information Commissioner's Office that a highly sophisticated cyber attack affected approximately 9 million of its customers, including email addresses and travel details. Uh, A sadly common sort of story until you get to the fact that attackers accessed credit card details of 2,208 customers. EasyJet says it became aware of the attack in January, but for some reason was only able to start notifying customers who credit card details were stolen in early April, which they say was because of the sophistication of the attack. It implies maybe they didn't realize it. EasyJet says it will notify everyone affected by May 26th. GoX is launching 100 self-driving scooters in Peachtree Corners Georgia Technology Park on Wednesday. The scooters use two unpowered training wheels to stay upright when self-driving a motor on the handlebars seems to turn the front wheel for self-navigation. Users can then summon the scooters to come to them and then send them back for recharging and sanitation. Bloomberg sources say Apple is talking to studios about licensing older TV content for Apple TV+. Hmm. Apple only offers original shows through the service right now. And IFA 2020 will take place in Berlin in person, as scheduled, September 3rd through the 5th. Uh, It will be limited. You have to be invited. There will only be four separate events, each event limited to 1,000 people per day. That keeps it well under Germany's limit of 5,000 people for these events. Qualcomm's president will deliver a keynote, along with a few other events. And retail and meeting lounges will be available to let retailers and suppliers meet and strike their deals. But this will be a much smaller IFA than usual. IFA will also offer virtual attendance, though, if you want to watch these events from a safe distance. All right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about Podcast Attic. Yesterday, we mentioned that it had been removed from the Google Play Store for falling afoul of the prohibition against COVID-19 apps that don't come from healthcare agencies or governments. Of course, Podcast Addict is a podcast aggregator that aggregates podcasts, which might reference COVID-19, but is not masquerading as a health app. So it didn't seem to be a legitimate application of that rule. Monday evening, Google Senior Vice President Hiroshi Lockheimer tweeted an apology saying the app should not have been removed. Podcast Attic is now back in the Play Store, and uh, Xavier Guillemene is here. Uh, Xavier, first of all, you, as the creator of Podcast Attic, so sorry to hear about this undeserved trouble. Do you know exactly why the app was mistakenly removed? No, not really. I can guess what caused the issue. Like, I guess uh, some algorithm like tested the application and found out like there is a search field. If I enter, I don't know, COVID-19 or something, I will have some some results so maybe that was what triggers the algorithm to flag the application so hiroshi lokheimer tweeted an apology but you haven't heard from him directly then <laughs> no no <laughs> and- all i got for uh, like all i got is like one hour before his email uh well, before his uh, tweet 
uh, all I say, I, I received an email uh, from my appeal telling me that the application, the appeal was accepted. And now I just had to fix the issue, which issue I'm not really still sure about it, and resubmit the application. So I went to the store, the submit button was grayed out. So I just added an extra space to one field, a description field to get it to work. And then I pressed submit and yeah, a few hours later, the application was back on the store. So you haven't had anything but automated communications from Google then? I Now it seems funny, but at the time it was not really funny. It was like on, on Saturday afternoon, I got a, because it's like I got the email on Saturday and during the weekend, it's difficult to get some attention. So I tweeted about it. I got some feedback from user. Uh, people retweeted my message. And then I got like, maybe Saturday afternoon or maybe Sunday, I don't know. I got a, a tweet from uh, the Google Play Store developer account telling me to send uh, um, the appeal number by DM mm -hmm. on Twitter. So I was like, oh, nice. It's going somewhere. Maybe I will sure. see the end of it. So I went, I sent a, a DM <laughs> and I got like a, a chatbot answering me, telling me, do you... <laughs> And I, I posted the whole thing. It's like, so answering me, do you want to talk to someone? So, um, <laughs> yes, I, I'm just sending you this information because you asked me to send you a DM. And then it answered, sorry, we are not able to delete, to delete your account because you have an application there and users. <laughs> Did I answer your answer, uh, your question? So it was like back uh -huh. and forth like this. Yes, no, yes, no. And then, so... Even this was fully handled by an, some algorithm and not really good. You know, <laughs> not a really good one. Patrick and I were talking in, in Good Day Internet about uh, the scale at which Google operates obviously uh, means that they have to do some automation to handle this and to stop bad actors. Uh, but there also should be a way to resolve this for a situation like yours that is a very obvious misapplication of a rule. Uh, and then even when you get someone saying, hey, please DM me, you run into a chatbot. What would you recommend Google do to make it easier to resolve these kinds of mistakes or even avoid them in completely? So maybe the first thing, like to run, to have an algorithm running, it's it's a good thing. It's like they want to make the, the Play Store a safe place. Uh, but then if the algorithm flag an application, they should at least take a look at how long has this application be on the Play Store, how many downloads the, does it have. In my case, it has been there for nine years. It's like, I don't know, 50,000 uh, downloads shy of 10 millions. So they should at least take this into account and maybe have someone look at this flag, check manually what the issue is, and if there is really an issue, Maybe send an email and give me, like, I don't know, 24 hours to fix the issue. Or maybe uh, until the end of the weekend so I can take a look at it. <laughs> um, but the, the worst thing is, like, even if they, not, they, are, they are not doing this, so they ban the application, the only thing I can do is just press a button to appeal, to appeal it and just, like, I don't know, I have 500 characters to explain why I don't think it's fair. But I don't have a way to talk to someone or to chat with someone. I don't know anybody there. So it's, it feels kind of weird when you have like at least like 
I don't know, uh, a few hundred thousand downloads, a million downloads, 10 million downloads, that you don't have someone you can talk to at Google to, to report this issue. So like, I, I, talk, I talked about it like yesterday, like th the day after I had an issue with a rental, a movie rental on the Google Play Store. Mm -hmm. I went into the application, I pressed chat with support, and one minute later I had someone and they refund. It, it has been refund. And the Play Store as a user, they have like a, maybe a billion of users. I don't mm -hmm. know, like so many users, I don't think they have that many developers. So I think they could they can easily improve improve this. Yes. I, I don't know. On the other side of this, will you do things differently in the future, uh, or do you have any advice to app developers uh, to avoid this, or are are you left still wondering just why your app fell afoul of the algorithm when other podcast apps didn't? <laughs> I, I really don't know. Like it happens, it already happened once, like uh, a few years ago, and. Um, that was solved within a few hours. It was really quick. And since then, like, it was also related to a... Oh, in that case, I, I, someone told me from Google, sent me a screenshot showing exactly what the issue was, which podcast was the issue. So I was able like to block this content. In that case, it was the artwork used for by a podcast, which was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And so I added a way for users to report inappropriate content. So... Mm -hmm. I can kind of moderate, but most of the time it's just used to report political podcasts or stuff like that. <laughs> and, and you still don't know why Why you? Like, there are plenty of podcast apps out there that have podcasts that are talking about COVID-19. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it seems inexplicable why your particular app uh, was the one snagged this time. It just seems random. Yeah, yeah it feels it seems random, but it has been random quite a few times mm -hmm. recently because... I got similar things going on with uh, my Google AdMob account, mm -hmm. which is the application is monetized with Google Ads. And over, yeah, for the past six to nine months, three times already, they broke the ads because of an issue. I appealed asking for more details. And then it was like, oh, sorry. Uh, no, not even sorry. Just, okay, now it's fixed. Without giving you an explanation. In, no, so, exp never an explanation. In all of these and the, cases, you, you didn't get enough details to even understand no, what had happened no. and what you had done wrong. Yeah. No. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm very glad that Podcast Addict is back in the Android store. So uh, everybody go uh, take a look, check it out, see what you think. Uh, Xavier was going to uh, hang around with us for one more story here because it is a podcasting related story, right, Sarah? Yeah, it really is. The Joe Rogan Experience, perhaps you've heard of it. Little known podcast. <laughs> Only 190 million listeners. Yeah, just a few listeners uh, will arrive globally on Spotify starting September 1st and become exclusive to Spotify sometime after that, thanks to a multi-year agreement that Rogan made with the company. Rogan's YouTube channel will remain live, but will stop hosting full episodes. So, this is this is full on Howard Stern will it will it not work type situation that we're looking at here. Yeah, and Rogan uh, gets a lot of views on his YouTube channel, uh, so one expects that Spotify wants to get those views to video on Spotify, not just the audio. Uh, and this is disappointing to me because uh, one of the things I didn't mind about Spotify getting into podcasting and buying Gimlet uh, and such is is 
that they would maybe help these podcasts do better. And sure, they could have some special features that are exclusive to Spotify for some of the Gimlet shows, but the shows themselves are still available across platform. Uh, and so I'm, I'm disappointed to see them take a very large uh, show like this and bring it behind a paywall. Granted, I guess it's not a paywall. You can get a free version of Spotify and you can still listen to the Joe Rogan experience, but you're going to have to get Spotify to to listen to it. And Xavier, that that impacts you directly, right? Because after September 1st, sometime, folks will not be able to listen to the Joe Rogan experience on Podcast Addict. Yeah, and I I just learned about this because some users started already to complain and to ask me on Twitter if uh, they will be able to get the show after that. So yeah, it's, it's the most popular show on the application. It's not with the number of subscribers, but the time spent listening mm-hmm. to the show. Interesting, yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, it really does. I don't know. I mean, you mentioned Gimlet and when Spotify bought Gimlet and Gimlet is a very well-known podcast network, has a lot of shows, many of them that I listen to as well. And I thought, oh, what, you know, how is this going to change this great experience that I have? Hasn't changed it at all. They didn't touch it. But I think something like this is, okay, Spotify dipping its toe into okay, can we start doing exclusives with popular people? Joe Rogan is one of the most popular podcasters out there. So this isn't sort of like, let's try it out with a relatively obscure person. Mm -hmm. They want to see what kind of impact this has. Patrick, how do you feel about this as as somebody who is as invested in podcasting as the rest of us here? I uh, don't, honestly, I don't mind it so much at this stage. We'll see how much it affects the world of independent podcasters. Uh, I will care a lot more the moment they come knocking at my door and offer me a big bucket (laughs) of money to become exclusive to Spotify. Uh, I will certainly consider it. So let it be known, my price is multiple multiple millions of dollars. Many zeros uh, and many euros. I, I, you know, to put a button on this, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see when I, we don't know how many years this is. Uh, it's a multi-year deal at the end. Will Joe Rogan have not grown as much as he wanted to because he's limited as an exclusive and leave Spotify and, you know, good for him. He cashed a check, I'm sure, and he'll be fine. Or will this turn out to be uh, a a sea change and, and will more people follow him and, and he'll be happy. Like, like you mentioned, Sarah, like Howard Stern there. Yeah, uh, hard to say. I mean, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to say Joe Rogan has reached the number of people who would ever want to, you know, be, you know, be part of his world. But it might have been a situation where he's kind of like, okay, I did what I could. Uh, I got really successful. Here comes a podcast network. Does it really matter to me that I now get shut off for for some folks? but still have a huge reach for others because it's Spotify after all, you know, maybe he doesn't care that much. He's going to drive a bunch of people to install Spotify. That's for sure. Yeah, too. Well, Xavier Guillemene, uh, before we let you go, any, any last thoughts on this? No, I, I think like it is like on Joe, Joe Rogan topic is going to lose some audience uh, for sure. Some people won't, some people will never install uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. There are, you have some people, uh, I will see this like, a, I don't know, uh, him, him, like not a conspiracy, but him changing the way he thought uh, until then, like going to the big corporation. Um, uh, I don't know, but 
it's going to work out very, very good for him. So Yeah, probably. He'll be, like I said, oh, yeah. he'll be fine. Xavier, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk with us. I know it's been a crazy few days for you. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your experience with us. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and if people want to find Podcast yeah. Addict, where should they go? On the play, uh, Google Play Store. It's the only place where it's uh, <laughs> available. And, and it's uh, really available this time. Very good. Very good. Thank you again, Xavier. Thanks a lot. Bye. Patrick, tell right. us about Amazon Let's Game Studios. Continue indeed with Amazon Game Studios releasing its first big budgets game title, Crucible. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday 20th, it will be available. It is a free-to-play shooter with multiple modes. It shows uh, you in an over-the-shoulder third-person view within a large, open, objective-based map. You have multiple modes. Um, yep, yeah, multiple modes. Harvester Command is an 8 versus 8 struggle over resource. Heart of the Hive is a 4-on-4 mode with giant monsters that spawn periodically on the map. And Alpha Hunters is a 16-player mode with two-person teams. But if your teammate dies, you can form a temporary alliance with any other solo player, which will last until the game is down to three people. And at that point, it's uh, all for one. Or, I guess, all for oneself. <laughs> the Verge's Nick Stat says it is designed with a rather bland aesthetic, but it ends on being surprisingly unique when you're actually playing it. And in Gadget's Nick Summers says Crucible shows promise, but its gameplay foundation might not be enough to survive in 2020. And you were saying people aren't like super enthused about this, even though it's getting a lot of press. It is getting some press uh, in the specialized press. It's getting mentions, but it is Amazon's first real big release, and it should be getting more. It is a significant milestone for Amazon's ambitions, or at least that's what we think and understand. And I can't help but think of Google when I see this and big tech companies trying to get into the gaming uh, market. And I don't know how much they're stumbling here, Amazon, but certainly uh, I would expect that big a company to have a, a bigger impact on the gaming communities. And yeah, as I was saying uh, to you earlier, Tom, honestly, in the gaming communities, no one really cares about this or really is aware that it's coming out. We kind of tangentially know that it is because it's Amazon, but it's not. We don't know anything about it. We don't. It's uh, very, very uh, mild as buzz goes. Well, uh, The Verge, I, I don't know, it gave it some faint praise calling it bland, but also said it's better than you think, <laughs> given how bland it is. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what kind of uptake it does get. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? 
Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. All right, folks, virtual Microsoft build happening today. We're going to run through a bunch of the announcements here. Microsoft announced Microsoft Industry Clouds, combining existing tools like Azure IoT and Teams with a partner ecosystem tailored to a specific industry. The first one will be healthcare. Uh, Very timely. Cloud for healthcare includes Microsoft's healthcare bot services to answer common questions, telemedicine through the Microsoft Teams booking app with HIPAA support and high trust certification, and health monitoring through IoT, an integration between Teams and Power apps lets organizations create apps and workflows with limited coding not quite no code but limited code and microsoft cloud for healthcare is in public preview as a six-month free trial very enterprisey here but any thoughts on this well good on good on them for timing i suppose uh the six-month free trial is also a good idea i i this all sounds great. This, you know, the, it, again, timing couldn't be better, really. But, uh, but yeah, if Microsoft can become uh, a you know household name in the healthcare services sector, that's a really good thing for for their um, for industry clouds. Microsoft talked more about embedding Microsoft Azure AI capabilities on Sony's IMX500 sensor. That's the one that doesn't need a separate AI chip. We talked about it last Thursday. Sony and Microsoft also announced a smart camera managed app. That lets manufacturers develop industry-specific AI models for their products that provide computer vision and video analytics. For instance, a single type of camera running on this managed app could be used in retail one of them to count visitors by the door, another one to detect stock levels, one on the ceiling to create a heat map of where people go in the store, for instance. So essentially, this is smart camera sensors that are kind of specialized mini computers integrated into the uh, uh, embedded hardware slash software yeah without needing a separate ai chip and microsoft is providing that software that manages it and makes you able to to do all these cool things with it yeah it seems like it has a lot of applications yeah uh absolutely and 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 an interesting continuance of a sony microsoft azure 
yeah. uh, combination. There, there was some talk I saw that uh, implied that maybe this extended out of uh, the talks that led to Azure providing the back end to Sony's online gaming services. Uh, so Certainly. Yeah. Seems Mike, like it, yeah. Microsoft launched lists for Microsoft 365. This is, some people are calling it an Airtable type thing. It's kind of like Trello. It can track issues, assets, routines, contacts, inventory, stuff like that. Uh, has customizable views, rules, and alerts. Integrates with Teams, SharePoint, and other Microsoft products. Uh, you can customize the views, but it has some default views like Grid. That's more the Airtable kind of look. Calendar, which is pretty obvious. And then Gallery, which is a very visual uh, look at the information. List will launch on the web this summer with mobile apps to follow. Actually, I had a few friends who were super excited about this. Um, oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, wait, wait. When I think about something like Trello, which, by the way, is a great product, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's just. Then I just keep like missing deadlines. It's horrible. <laughs> I just, you just, just like write it all down, like you know, like numbers something one through ten, and those are my tasks. Um, but so I'm probably not the person who's going to make the most of this. But yeah, I, I, I think that that kind of. Um, collab task based uh, software program more and more is something that teams rely on. Microsoft built a 285,000 processor supercomputer for OpenAI that runs massively distributed AI models conducting self-supervised learning for speech and image recognition. Microsoft invested a billion dollars in OpenAI last year, and part of that deal was they would provide this kind of service. Microsoft estimates that when it's all said and done, this will rank as the fifth top supercomputer in the world based on that 285,000 processors, 10,000 GPUs, and 400 gigabits per second of network connectivity to those GPUs. So supercomputers as a service, we've, we've seen this from Amazon and Google as well, is, is definitely a new trend. But can it run the remake of Crisis, though? That's always this the test. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have to find out. Uh, Microsoft Teams will soon offer a way to schedule, manage, and conduct virtual appointments through its bookings app. Uh, it also added a uh, few features to the Shifts app. Uh, shifts can now have auto approvals in case there's some shift requests that don't need a manager to sign off. Uh, new templates are coming to help new users get started. Scenarios include things like bringing in a new bandmate or new employee at a hospital, event management, crisis response, etc. Power virtual agent chatbots are coming to the Teams app store. That'll make them easier to manage. Uh, and for the real enterprise folks out there, Power Buy users will soon be able to quickly share reports to Teams with one click. And NDI coming to Teams for easier public and private broadcasts using Teams. NDI is the thing we're using right now on Skype to, to switch uh, between the people talking. You know, Microsoft has always done a lot of things, but since the beginning of, of, of Satya, Satya Mania, um, th that they have announced they want to be the, the backbone, the fabric, the infrastructure of the internet. I don't think I realized how much, how many different things it would be until I think maybe even now looking at this list, it's incredible how many different types of businesses they're in and how many solutions they're offering and proposing uh, to different industries. It's very impressive. They yeah. do so many different things now. And it's interesting to see Azure is the word that comes up, not Windows. Uh, that yeah. was 
part of Sacha's move as well. Uh, but browsers are still important to Microsoft, and they announced new features coming to the Chromium version of Edge. Uh, that's the one that launched in January. It's not quite yet part of Windows Update, so you don't have to be using it, but it's out there. Collections for Pinterest will serve up suggestions and let you export those collections to your Pinterest board. A sidebar search lets you highlight words on a page, right-click and choose search in sidebar. That way you can do a search without having to leave the page you're on. Uh, extension installations will now sync in Edge. Uh, administrators can now manage client syncing. Automatic profile switching will tell when a link needs your work credentials. And then when you click on it, automatically switch to your work profile in Edge to log you in. And Windows information protection will separate personal and corporate data and protect that content from leaking out when you're using a web page. Who's ready to switch to Edge? Scott Johnson right. already yeah. did, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I actually, I like Edge. It's I, fast. I, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. the, it's a, it's, it is. I am a Chrome user. I, I, it's, it's. I'm, I have not fully jumped off of Chrome, uh, even though I complain about it a lot. But, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like Edge. And it's making Chrome better. Uh, Microsoft's Edge team made over 3,000 commits to the Chromium open source project. Things like accessibility, inking, scrolling, localization, etc. All right. A uh, bunch of other stuff. Uh, the Microsoft announced Project Reunion, which will try to reduce fragmentation between Win32 and Universal Windows apps, the UWP APIs. Uh, Microsoft says it can modernize existing apps in C++.net or React Native. Canary versions of Edge and Windows Insider preview builds will include the ability to treat progressive web apps like native apps. So if you've installed a PWA in Edge, you'll be able to uninstall it, manage settings the way you would any native app in Windows. Microsoft also announced Windows Terminal 1.0. That lets you run Linux and Azure executables from the command line. Uh, that's available for enterprise. Windows will support GPU compute workflows for Linux tools and Linux GUI apps. In other words, you can run a Linux GUI app on your Windows machine without needing an X server. And soon you'll be able to install Linux apps on Windows using the WSL.exe command. Uh, HoloLens 2 coming to more markets and will add 5G capability with a dongle. Microsoft Azure Quantum, that was what they announced back at Ignite 2019, is now in limited preview. And Microsoft released a new Power Toys Run launcher, adding quick search, plugins like Calculator, and the ability to find running apps, as well as Keyboard Manager Power Toy for redefining and remapping your keys. That's Microsoft Man, Build. I was thinking this morning... Gosh, you know they re they really had an event lined up, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You know the fact that it that it had to be virtual. I mean, for our purposes, it doesn't really matter because no one was necessarily going to be anywhere physical anyway. But it was a big day for Microsoft. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Microsoft Stories are there, as well as many others, and you can submit stories of your own, stuff that you think we should care about, and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We always try to make Patrick feel at home, so let's read a mailbag mail from Scandinavia. <laughs> let's do it. This one comes from Thor, who says, Greetings from sunny but cold Kongsberg, Norway. I'm currently listening to D TNS uh, 3784, that was yesterday's show, and wanted to comment on the Sunny 5 fake windows. Those are the ones that were going to give us some vitamin D without us having to go outside. Thor says, I've been addicted to home automation for about six months, and I love a good morning automation. 
Me too, Thor. And I've also wanted to add some DIY fake windows by using the filters and old LCD screens to have a more convincing morning during the dark month of winter here in dark months of winter here in Norway. I love getting up early, mainly to get off work early, starting early, but it's hard when it feels like midnight until well into my work day. So the Sunny Five windows probably are going to end up on my list of items to get for my ever expanding home automation setup. Thanks for keeping me updated on the tech world. Don't know what I would do without you. I'd probably be less informed. Oh, thank you, Thor. <laughs> Thanks, Thor. Yeah. Uh, so, Finland, are you in uh, with some, some oh my lights? God. I w- you mentioned it at the end of the segment, but I was screaming into my my phone uh, when you were talking about this. I was like, yes, all of these things, interstellar travel, of course, sure. But here, right now, I want it. I need it. Uh, well, not this second, but in, in winter, I absolutely would purchase them the moment they come out. So, yes. Well, very cool. Keep us keep us uh, in the loop, Thor, if you end up getting them and, and what you think, and if anybody else does as well. Hey, shout out to patrons at our master and grandmaster levels, including Michael Aikens, Chris Allen, and Jonathan Price. And thanks to Patrick Beja. Even though it's, you know, eternal summer where you are, you still make some time for us once a week and we appreciate it. What's been going on with you? Um, I guess I would uh, tell people to go check out Pixels because it's a show about gaming and it's the season of gaming. We're getting so many announcements, so many pieces of news and the new consoles are getting uh, a lot of details and more coming soon as well. So go check out Pixels if you want to stay informed and if you want to get a look at my uh, eternal sunlight in Finland, you can go check out Instagram. I'm not Patrick over there as well. Uh, Thanks to everybody who's been reviewing us on iTunes. We've been getting a lot of great reviews, and we really, really, really appreciate it. Keep it coming, Uh, especially like the folks who are very obviously not Apple Podcast users going in and leaving a review saying, hey, you can also get it over on Podcast Addict and Downcast and uh, and other apps like that. Uh, (laughs) But uh, all of that work that you're doing helps other people discover our show. So we really do appreciate it. And of course, you can support the show directly and get all of our uh, great bonus content at dailytechnewsshow.com slash Patreon. We also have an email address where you can send us your feedback because we love to hear it. And that is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Send them early and often. We are also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit BankofAmerica.com/banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.